0: You are now tuning in to Nude Radio with your host, Kenny Heflin, and I hope you all are having a great week so far. I am so excited to get into this week's episode because I done had some things happen and I done learned some lessons and stuff, but before I get into all of that, make sure to like and subscribe. To Nude Radio streaming on all platforms where you can hear podcasts. Make sure to share, share, share with all of the people that you know and love because why not? Season four. Let's do this. But make sure to follow us on Nude Radio 101 at Instagram and Twitter/slash X. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can follow me on Instagram at Kenny Heflin. Got it? Perfect. So, this week is funny. I, in preparation, okay, so in preparation for season four, and pretty much with every season, I like to list out and create an outline and for each season it has an outline you know based off of what topics you know what we've talked about before and everything like that what we still have left to talk about and a lot of the topics are you know usually linked to outside sources you know stuff that my friends are going through with a collection of the things that are going you know, on, on Instagram and Twitter and just like other social spaces. And it's so funny how it always works because if one or two or three of my friends are going through the same thing, I then see that same thing all over social media and it's like, okay, get on the mic, talk about it. Or if it's actually happening to me, you know, or if it's just like stuff that I don't know, and then some of my friends give me ideas when they want to co host. So there is that. But most of the time, with that outline, I'll have certain topics that I haven't talked about, and I'll have certain friends or people that I think will be really great as co hosts for those topics. So it's majority of the time. So with this one, I. Thought about it and I said, hmm, I want to get into this. And maybe I might revisit this with a co host, but it's been on my heart for like the last three weeks. So I just finally wanted to get it out just so I can say, like, all right, I did record the episode. So we'll see. We'll see. Y'all know I like to let y'all in on the process of creating the show and stuff and look this show's all about transparency so whatever but
1: this topic is about asking yourself am i the problem are you the problem
0: (laughs) oh my god yes
1: yeah yeah are you the problem? Am I the problem? Am I the, uh-huh. am I the villain? Like,
0: you know, so within the last couple of years, there's been obviously so much room and opportunity to self-reflect and really just see exactly how you come off to the people that you've dated uh, what happened? What went wrong? What were the positives? What were the negatives? Like everything, you know, especially when you hear back from the person that you were dating, be it, you know, an ex or a dating experience,
1: you know, what were their critiques of you? And then also
0: as independent free flowing and thinking individuals that you know might you know you are as a nudist because that's how we we like to do it here. What were the things that you self-reflected on and saw, you know, certain ways that you could have done better in those past relationships and dating experiences, or, you know, how do you come off? You know, and what was the trend What was the trend? Because the thing is, we're dealing with different people each time for the most part. And certain relationships and dating experiences don't work out and that's totally fine. A big part of this episode I wanna get into is compatibility and lack thereof. So when you reflect back on things, What are you noticing? What are some things that you saw like, damn, like I could have been better at this or oh shit. Yeah. Like, damn, I could be better in my next experience where I can practice, you know, communication. I can practice empathy or, you know,
1: like just giving out some examples. So I thought about something. And what I saw was just, uh,
0: well, I guess I'll start off with the compatibility part of it, and then I'll transition into the lessons. Yeah, that's that feels right. That's
1: what my spirit is telling me. But I'll tell a tale. So recently, I
0: met some guy in. New Orleans for my friends, uh A's, for her 30th birthday. It was my first time in New Orleans and I loved it. It was amazing. I talked about it on episode 100. And randomly, I was going to go listen to some jazz music, you know, on Frenchman Street because, you know, I love jazz. For all of y'all that don't know, now, you know, jazz music is my favorite genre, has always been, and I was in the birthplace of jazz. Like, of course, like I have always wanted to listen to some live jazz music in New Orleans. Oh my God. So I was going to listen to some jazz music and I was in the Uber with Devon Ace, uh, little sister, and she was going somewhere else, but we were going in the same direction for at least the first half of the trip. And we ended up driving past this gay bar and it was like some black people out there and stuff. We saw some rainbow flags. So we both said, like, oh, hmm, what's this? So she's, uh, her little sister's queer and we both were like, oh, well shit. Like, let's tell the Uber to let us out. Like, let's get out. So of course, again, my life is always random. Of course, I was supposed to have been going to Frenchman Street. Her little sister was supposed to have been going to uh, Bourbon Street. And we see this little gay bar with Black folks out with rainbow flags and stuff. Sure, like, like, let's see what the fuck. So we go out and I start talking to the manager, who is also like the bartender, I think. And I was like, hey, like, you know, we're in town for we've been here for a couple of days, but we are here until tomorrow. Is this, you know, is this like what happens in New Orleans? Like, is this all for the night? Like, what's going on? So he's like, yeah, like ask my friend or whatever. So my, his friend was like right there. So we started talking to him like, hey, I'm Kenny, you know, whatever. We're here for the night, you know? What's going on tonight? And is this it? He's like, Yeah, you know, there's some people, you know, I'm meeting up with if you guys want to come with us and all that stuff or whatever. But funny thing is, when we first walked in, I had saw this guy at the bar who I thought was really cute. And I told Devon A's sister that I was like, Oh, yeah, he's cute. She was like, Yeah, he is. So after talking to this guy, we then, um, End up getting ready to leave. And then the guy who I thought was cute walks up, and he was actually with the guy. So I introduced myself to him. And then Dev's sister was talking to the guy that we met at the bar. And then I was talking to the guy that I thought was cute. So we're walking through the street and stuff. We're walking to Bourbon Street, and we just were talking just about everything, you know. Food and he's from New Orleans and I'm visiting and I'm from Detroit, but I live in LA and yada 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 yada. Um <laughs> word to Beyonce. But yeah, we got to the bar, we were talking, we were just like in each other's faces yapping. And then that just went from hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours and then next thing we know it's like 6 hours later we're still talking he drops me off at the airbnb and we're talking in the car and everything like that and he's really cute really sweet you know he has like this very reserved energy about him and stuff and i liked it you know and then he was like very like polite and like a, a gentleman so then we were talking some more. It's like five something in the morning, I think, at that point. And I got to get inside because I have to go on the, I got to get on this flight in like a couple hours. So,
1: you know, I was like, give me a kiss because I felt the energy was right. So we started kissing, you know, we start kissing stuff and everything, and we eventually ended up in the back seat. We didn't have sex, but well <laughs> he invited me to the back seat, so of course, I got out. the fuck, but. I was like, wait, the back seat. You know what that means.
0: He sucked on my titty. And I mean, <laughs> things went left. And he wanted me to get on his lap. And I was like, wait, in my head, I was like, wait,
1: I'm going to go through with this. But don't, no bottoms want you to come on their lap. No bottoms ask you to get on top of them.
0: So either this guy is verse or he is a top. And y'all know I'm a super huge. I'm one of the biggest lesbians to exist, right? You know, I love me some top on top action. But I was like, damn, you know, Okay, like, he's, again, clearly, no, no bottom will ever tell you to get on top of them Ever. But I played the role, you know, I was like, all right, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that strict. (laughs) I'll, I'll get on your lap, you know,
1: and we can make out, you know, and we did that. And it was cute. It was, it was really cute. Um,
0: I was, I was, look, both of us reached a climax. It was cute.
1: And I thought like, all right, like, well, you know, we cleaned up. (laughs) We cleaned up. Ourselves and it was like
0: wow like that really happened like who would have known that would happen you know but it's like look we
1: grown we're grown shit happens you know but after you know we were just
0: like talking while he was on his way back home and everything like that and we just continued to talk every day after that for the next couple weeks. So, he lives three hours ahead, you know, I'm all the way in California, so I'm three hours behind. So, you know, he started doing like the whole good morning text and everything like that. And y'all know, like, I am typically not a fan of the good morning text because I kind of feel like
1: that stops after a week or two. For whatever reason, it's never
0: consistent, and y'all know how much I hate inconsistency and I wake up to you know the good morning text because again, he's three hours ahead, I'm waking up, oh my God, you know good morning how how did you sleep like I am not the biggest fan of small talk, especially during and through text, but if you're like an engaging person, then you can pique my interest, but i much rather talk on the phone or FaceTime, especially if you don't live local. I prefer FaceTime. So with our schedules being so weird and stuff, like we're texting through the day, you know, stuff like that or whatever, but he goes to sleep super early. By the time he's going to sleep, it's only six o'clock for me. I'm just getting off work. So I'm pretty much finishing up work. If we do happen to FaceTime, he's literally about to go to sleep at nine. So we don't really have too much FaceTime, you know, to have, but we're making do what to do, whatever and stuff. And we're talking about all the things and everything. And he, I noticed like the first night that we had talked, you know, and met, he had, Mentioned a couple things with this ex. Like he mentioned, because again, we talked for six hours, we talked about everything. And in that conversation, he did mention, like, you know, he had an ex for
1: more than two years, and just like what went wrong with the ex and all that stuff, or whatever.
0: Ex did him dirty, real dirty. So I said, okay, you know, like I've had situations like that too, whatever. And he asked me based off of what he had told me with his ex. And he had asked me like, you know, do you have a high sex drive? And I, being where I'm at now, I was able to say
1: with full confidence that yes, I do. And I didn't feel ashamed about it. And
0: it's funny because with learning about myself and learning about myself through past dating experiences, I'm thankful to those people that I've dated before, even though it didn't work out. I am thankful for the lessons that I learned because
1: there was a level of uncomfortable honesty
0: and reality going on, I would say, when it came to
1: having a high sex drive. And I say that because within the gay community, we are known to be,
0: you know, it's it's this stereotype that we are... Hypersexual. All we do as gay men or as queer individuals, all we do is fuck, 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 and it's always about sex. And to some extent, that's true. But of course, you know, as queer individuals and gay people, we're not a monolith, right? So, me knowing me. I know that I masturbate like three times a day on average. I know that when I do have a person that I'm invested in romantically and we are together, I like to have sex with my person. You know, when I'm in season, which we've talked about plenty of times and throughout the four seasons of this show that when i'm in ripe season honey um i can tend to have a lot of sex <laughs> as a single person that is
1: and that was that was my past am i different now yes do
0: i prefer to have consistency yes am i dealing with all the people that i used to no but again that was my past this is my present so it is what it is but one thing has stood the test of time and remains consistent is that when i who am a monogamous leaning person when i do invest in someone and I am dating someone or I am in a relationship with someone, I only want to have sex with them. I only want to do that stuff with them. So for me, you know, my love languages are quality time and physical touch. Those are like my top two. And within that quality time and that physical touch, I love the cuddles. I love laying up under each other. I love cooking for my person and being domestic and stuff like, you know, my own little acts of service. Like it just comes natural to me for my person, you know, like that's just how I express my affection. And in that affection, in that quality time that we're spending with each other and all the laying up under each other and just just vibing right like just enjoying each other's company and cuddling my dick gonna get hurt or all that cuddling and stuff you know shit you might get up and your booty cheeks may i don't know they may be jumping or looking all juicy and stuff as you walk away to go to the bathroom or i don't know
1: But it may make me horny, and when I get horny, you're my person. I might, you know, you gonna feel that dick grow up on you. Now what we gonna do? Shit. So I like to share those experiences sexually with my person.
0: You know, and what I had to learn from. My experience in 2022, when I was dealing with someone who was not sexually compatible with me because they had a very low sex drive, I had to come to terms with the fact that I do have a high sex drive. And I had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, that's not a bad thing. And the funny thing is, I Literally, I remember I was looking up on YouTube and I was asking friends and all that stuff or whatever, because I was like, hey, y'all, like, you know, I'm currently dating this guy who I feel has a lot of the great qualities that I look for in a person, you know, for my person. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm dating this guy. He has like a lot of qualities that, you know, I'm looking for in my person, but he isn't very sexual. Like we spend quality time together and stuff and everything. But at the same time, when he's gone on work trips and stuff, you know, we do the quality time through FaceTime and everything. But then when he's in town and back at you know like we're back up under each other and stuff like we're not really we're spending
1: time together yes but we're not really having the sex and for me that's important so
0: we would have that conversation around that and just try to like you know because again. I'm the type of person, I try my fucking hardest to be on the same page with my person. So, I try my best to meet you halfway, right? And to adjust and find some middle ground. And we would talk about it and stuff like, you know, because again, sex should not be scheduled because that's no fun. But, I mean, like, if we're seeing each other four times out the week... We should be, to me, we should be fucking, like, twice out of that week. Sure, we may have some oral sex in the morning or something if we happen to sleep over. Like, I love that. Like, send me to work with a smile on my face. But, you know, I'm a top, and I only date bottoms. I may have fun with other tops or whatever, and maybe, I guess, verse people or whatever, but I only date bottoms. So, you know, I want to, I want to feel, ooh, I want you to sit down, now me. I want you to slide those, those, those draws to the side and let me stick it in. And let's, you know, let's catch a little quickies. It can be passionate. Look, let's have a good old time. But I love the warm embrace of a
1: beautiful, nice, tight, gushy, warm, Booty hole from my man, right? Like, let's let each other out
0: and then go back to cuddling. After we were cuddling, like, let's, let me cook
1: you a meal. Shit. I love shit like that. And we weren't doing that. We literally were not doing it.
0: We would have sex like maybe once every other week or something. Like, mind you, I was also going without sex because he was away from for work for some time, you know, depending. So. Yeah, like that's just me. That's just how I've always operated. And it was crazy because like I was telling this guy, you know, when we did start talking about the whole ex thing and stuff like that. I was like, you know, we would have certain times where he would want to have sex or he would initiate sex. And I don't know if I told y'all, but I named my penis Drake because he he has many feelings. He's a very complex uh individual.
1: Would we, we consider Will we consider genitals an inanimate object? Maybe anyways, anyways,
0: Drake is psychic, so Drake, you know he his bottom
1: you know you got the head downstairs and the head at the top. Drake is the captain of the ship underneath the belt
0: buckle, right, and he's psychic, so. When the guy that I was dating, like when he would initiate sex, Drake being the vessel Raven that he is, he would pick up on the fact that the guy was just kind of doing it because he wanted to please me. Like, because he knew that we weren't doing it often. And maybe I may have dropped like, you know, certain hints. A couple days prior or whatever like
1: that or really just to shut me to fuck up and the thing is
0: if my dude is doing all the things that he does to make me happy and i'm doing all the things that i do to make him happy and one of the things that makes me happy and i feel that should make us both happy is if you are properly
1: Slutting me out and draining me of all of my cum. I will shut the fuck up. When I tell you I will shut the fuck up,
0: you won't hear a fucking thing from me. No complaints. Because it tends to cross the board. So with this guy, I felt like he was doing it just for me because he knew that we weren't doing it often and that didn't rock with me that did not like i say drake the penis would pick up on that and drake does not like that because kenny you know thinking from the top head i don't want you to do anything that you do not want to do that does not turn me on no shade to some people i might Fire some shots and y'all might get shot when I say this, but I am not a predator. <laughs> I do not get off on uh dominating you um uh, to the point where it's like manipulation or you know, coercing. I don't like that. That does not, it has never done anything for me. I do not fucking like it. I if that's your Look, if that's how you like to do things, hey, but me over here, I don't like it. When it comes to sex, like, I don't want you to do anything that you do not want to do because I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. Like when we're having sex, especially if you're my person, I want you to do it because you want to do it. I want us to do it if I want us to have sex because we are both mutually horny for each other and we just, we need to get it out and all the things. So if I'm picking up on the fact that you are doing it because of me, I'm not going to be into it because you're not really into it. Like that just does not, like that's literally a boner killer for me. I just, I I don't like it. I hate it. So It was so crazy because it got to the point where, and I've never talked about this on the show, but I'll just say it, but it got to the point where we were having, we weren't having sex like that. Like I say, the times where, where it was genuine, then cool. We had some pretty passionate, genuine sex but that was very, very rare. So it got to the point where whenever he then started wanting to have sex, I guess this was him wanting to finally have sex. I wasn't responding well because we just weren't having sex enough to the point where I kind of stopped desiring him in that kind of way. And it was kind of like, oh, it was kind of like, oh, you want to have sex now? Like, It was very strange. And again, I was back to looking on YouTube and asking friends, you know, because I'm like, am I some sexual deviant? Like, because I want to have sex with my guy. Like, I'm not asking for sex every day, but I'm like, is something wrong with me? Like, I'm looking up all these YouTube videos. So then when the shoe was on the other foot and he was now wanting to have sex because we weren't doing it so often. I was kind of checked out and was like, oh, you want to have sex? Oh, because I wasn't getting it already. So I'm like, oh, okay." So and then also, like, he just didn't really know how to turn me on. And it was just like, "Okay, damn, like, all right, I need to figure out how to make this work, because, again, I'm feeling like this guy has a lot of the great qualities that I want in a person and i need to make this work so i started taking supplements like um uh, bulgarian tribulus and horny goat weed or maca root you know to make me more horny at this point because my sex drive had kind of been killed because he had a low sex drive it was very strange and because i am who i am i'm like okay like i need to make this work i need to make this work because he's now trying to have sex and i'm not responding well to him because you know so how can i do this so let me take some supplements to like be more horny so that when he's ready i'm ready very crazy but that's what we that's what happened so, you know, it just it ended because, you know, I didn't feel that he was a safe space for me emotionally, intellectually, all the things, but then also we just were not compatible sexually. Were we compatible when it came to the positions being a top and a bottom? Yes. Were we compatible when it came to sex drive and desirability? No not at all and for so long after that i had to really think and i had to come to terms with the fact that i show up within my romantic relationships as myself and a part of myself is just the fact that i love quality time i love physical touch but also a part of that physical touch is the fact that I do want to express myself and express my affection sexually with my guy. And that's okay. I had to come to terms with that because of the stereotype that gay men are so hypersexual, it just kind of felt very cheap and very tacky to... Say, like, oh yeah, I do have a high sex drive because then it's like, oh shit, like, am I just like this, this slut whore of the world? Like, you know, and it's like, no, actually, you're not. You just happen to have a medium to high sex drive, and your ex had a low sex drive, and that is okay. He should be with somebody who has a low sex drive, and you should be with someone who has a medium to high sex drive. Like you. And I had to become okay with that. I had to admit to myself and then also to people who would ask this question that, yes, I do. And I had to stand on it. Period. 10 toes down. I had to stand on the fact that this is who I am and that's okay. I'm not an alien. I'm not this, I'm not the whore Babylon. Like, It's normal. (laughs) So when he asked me that, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks later, I was like, okay, yeah, I am. And it was funny because I was comfortable enough to tell him about just like, you know, I like to I don't like to get out the bed unless I have about like two nuts out of me. That's just, you know, it's definitely gonna be one. Now if I got time, it's gonna be two it just makes me feel brand new and rejuvenated and ready to take on the world cuz y'all know me ejaculating is like a bodily function at this point like i think i might ejaculate more than i pee throughout the day no shade but <laughs> that's just who i am and that's okay self love ain't hurt nobody so he then tells me that he hadn't had an orgasm since the last time that we were together in New Orleans. And at that point, it was like two weeks. So I'm like in my head thinking like, oh, shit. like Okay. So when we got on the topic of sex, we visited, revisited the topic of sex. And he told me about his ex and stuff. And his ex had a high sex drive. And he, dun, 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 dun. Told me that
1: he was someone who had more of a low sex drive. And I said, Oh, okay. And then the ball really dropped when he told me that, you know, he would bottom for his person, but it's for his person. He he's a top so i said oh well you know i figured that i i kind i kind of was figuring that when
0: you know you asked me to get on top of you when we were making out in the backseat of your car in new orleans because i thought to myself like oh kenny uh don't no bottoms do that either he's a verse or he's a top and he
1: laughed and stuff we laughed together and stuff and Like I told him, I'm a top and I don't want
0: you to, I don't want my bottom to have sex with me just because he wants to do it for me again. No, I want you to want to have sex because it's a mutual beneficial thing for both of us. Because other than that, I'm not going to be turned on.
1: And I damn sure don't want to be potentially dealing with a top who
0: is bottoming for me, like out of service for me
1: or anything like that. Because no, I want you to love it here. I want you to love it here. I want you to bottom because you like to bottom, right? So I can't be in a relationship with another top. Like, and I can't, and I'm also a gay man who is very realistic. I know
0: that at some point my person could eventually maybe Bring up the idea of introducing some versatility into the relationship.
1: And I would have to sit on that and process and, you know, I may, I may throw some ass on my, for my man. Have I bottomed before
0: my early twenties? I have tried it and I did have a couple of pleasurable moments but is bottom in my thing no it's not we all know that but I have had some pleasurable moments in my early 20s that I did try like you know so it's like if it's my man like you
1: know we can we can work that out i give you some ass a little every now and again you know for you and for me because I love
0: you and I have enjoyed it before, so I'm sure I can definitely enjoy it with my man. So that's, but that's in the future, that's the unknown. I can't tell you that in the beginning because I don't even know if I like you yet. So we laughed about it and stuff and you know, he was just like, wow, there's so many parallels of how I tried to make my relationship work and how you tried to make your relationship work and everything and you have, the sex drive of my ex, and I have the sex drive of your ex, apparently. Um, So, we talked about that, and, you know, he wanted to know, like, how did I feel about, you know, furthering this relationship, this friendship that we were building after having that conversation the next day? And I was like, you know, first off, I was super busy, and I didn't really have time to really think too much on it. And I was just like, look. Clearly it's on your mind. Like you tell me because you asked me the question. So he was like, no, you, you do stuff. And I was like, all right, you clearly trying to play tennis and you dealing with somebody who knows you can't throw and play psychic games with me because you have your answer. You're clearly trying to get my answer first so that you can give me your answer based on how I answer. I'm not stupid. So of course, yeah, he admitted that he had his answer already. But I said, you know, since you're going to play, I'm going to tell you. I'm like, look, the thing is, we have only been knowing each other for a week or two. We've been talking every day. You know, we've been having that whole little small talk, little thing. We may FaceTime every now and again. We've been talking every day since we met in New Orleans. But the thing is, because January felt like it was so fucking long, it felt longer than it was, but it was really a week or two. So I'm like, look, let's, and first off, you're on the East Coast.
1: I'm on the West Coast. Let's just focus on, you know, building like a friendship and stuff. You know, sure, we have made like we messed around on the first day that we met. Totally fine, but so clearly, like,
0: yeah, there's attraction because he was like, "Well, does that mean that we have to stop learning stuff?" So I'm like, "Look, we grown. If we see each other when I come to visit, then we do whatever we do. But let's just." Not even focus on that, like let's just focus on you know being friends or whatever. So he said that was okay, you know, but
1: of course the good mornings started to eventually
0: slow down and he's busy and all of that stuff or whatever. So y'all know me. I'm like, I knew that shit would happen,
1: cause always. So I said, damn. What I had to realize is that with
0: the society we're in these days, as people trying to date and take other people seriously romantically, what I had to realize is that
1: it's okay to let go of someone if there's not compatibility. Sure,
0: you may meet someone who has half or a little bit more than half of the qualities that you want in a partner. And, you know, again, hopefully you have those things for them
1: too, right? But we're talking about you. Maybe that person has a couple things,
0: majority of the things that you look for in a partner. Maybe they look great on paper, but they may be missing two things. And those two things may be the minority out of all the positives, right? But those two things are very, very, very important. Pretty much your non negotiables of what would actually make that relationship work and thrive for the both of you, maybe they're missing those two things, but those two things are very, very important. Those two things happen to be those deal breakers or non-negotiables, whatever you wanna call it. And what I realized is that, There's a sense of desperation in a lot of us. There's been a sense of desperation in my past experiences dating, right? Where someone looks to have most of the things that you look for in a partner, but they're missing
1: certain things that are very important to make the relationship thrive and to flourish. And That is enough for you to be able to say, you know what? I got to let this go. Clearly, there's been conversation about it. Clearly, there's been communication
0: about it and surrounding whatever those things are, right? And nothing's getting
1: better. Because guess what? That person is just not that. Period period. And for that reason, y'all just not compatible, period. So it's just,
0: it's it's tough because in this dating scene that we are dealing with now, you know, we all say that the dating pool is filled with piss water, shit turds, and a lot of married people and people in relationships child it's a mess it's a fucking mess so when we do happen to meet a nice person who has maturity to things who looks good on paper we're so focused on trying to make that relationship work and we are constantly overlooking or constantly hoping that, you know, that one or two things or three things, who knows, like the minority, right?
1: That those couple things get better with time. And they don't because that's just
0: not that person. So for us, we have to come to reality and we have to respect and accept the fact that That person is great on paper, but guess what? Y'all just not compatible because it's going to always be a thing. It's going to always be a conversation. It's going to always be disappointment and resentment and all the things, right? Because that person cannot fulfill you in whatever those couple things are
1: to make the relationship really work. They can't fulfill you. So you have to let that person go. And it's difficult. It's tough. It's annoying. Because now
0: that means that we're back into the, the, the ghetto-ass streets.
1: Dealing with everybody in their So it's like, damn, we're back at square one. But it's like, you have to release that person
0: to be with someone else who's more suited for them, who is more compatible for them. And you got to go
1: back into the world. You got to dust yourself off, you got to try again. Worst to Leah. You got to heal them bruises, seal them cuts and get back into it. Because you want what you want. And that's okay. You have to find somebody who's more compatible for you.
0: So it's tough. It's, it's really difficult. And I don't think that, you know, I haven't heard too much conversation about this from my peers or some of my content creator colleagues. I haven't heard this conversation about letting go of someone that you could see all the great things but you can also see that y'all aren't compatible and having to let them go and let them flourish with someone else who they're compatible with and you have to go back into the world
1: and that brings me to this was i the problem are you the problem when you think back into your past relationships
0: and dating experiences what was the trend
1: because we're dealing with different people what was the common denominator did those people were those people the way they were were they
0: toxic were they liars were they cheaters were they abusive were they manipulators were they immature? Emotionally and intellectually, were they
1: were they bad people? Maybe, yes, sure. But what part did you play in it? See, like I've talked about on previous
0: episodes New Radio, that I had to realize and come to terms with is that, you know, I have dated mostly, you know, Laid back, chill guys. That has just always been something that attracts me because I'm more of a laid back, chill individual. But the presentation is that this person presents to be laid back, chill, you know, very sweet, nurturing to a certain point, right? But, you know,
1: Weeks go by, a month or two goes by, the presentation shows that it's in fact a facade and people cannot keep that up. You have to be the most
0: skillful
1: warlock and wizard or sorcerer to maintain that presentation
0: you know, of all the good qualities, right? You have to be a very skillful magician to keep that facade up, right? But most people are not magically inclined. (laughs) And that facade does melt away. And you start to see that, sure, that person is not communicative Sure, that person is... Fearful avoidant or avoidant, or you know, a manipulator, a liar, a
1: cheater. You start to see those things, and then that's when you have to, you know, talk about it, address it. Maybe you
0: see those things, those red flags, and you pack your bags, and
1: to the left, you go out the door. Maybe you try to work it out like I have before, (laughs) and those things just don't get better, then you have to adjust your way to fuck out. So that has been the ongoing trend that I realized
0: about myself. Has there been moments where I've had dating experiences and
1: because I don't usually pursue men initially, it's kind of like, I don't
0: like you until I like you. I don't know if I like you until I know that I like you. So whatever it is, however long that takes, we just gonna do this this exchange right and then i eventually start to like you now i'm now i'm fully invested it's a thing that
1: we call mirroring and modeling and mirroring is when the person
0: is giving you what you're giving them right it's oh you know he texts me i text him He talks to me, he FaceTimes me, I FaceTime him. He's communicative with me, I'm communicative with him.
1: It's very give and take. Now, mirroring can sometimes be rooted in some immaturity. Mirroring can
0: be rooted in some type of entitlement because you know oh well you chasing me like you know so you do the stuff and then i'll do what you do i'll follow what since you came after me you follow yeah uh uh-huh i'll give what you give
1: and i've been guilty of that before in a dating experience not while i was actually
0: dating someone
1: And I only say with the
0: entitlement aspect of mirroring is I think just with society and with the way that, you know, dating culture has taken a turn for the left, I would probably say the last 15 years, the last 15 years or so. I feel like with social media and just access to multiple people at once and, you know, the idea of having so many different options and people having, you know, cell phones and everything like that and us not really communicating with each other in that more genuine, holistic way, like past generations, right? I feel like we got so used to and conditioned in a way of this person expressing interest because, you know, they text you or they like your pictures or they send emojis and they send the good morning text and then they stop because, say, for example, they may have gotten what they wanted, you know, for the, the people who just pursued you for sex, you know, for the people who acted as if they wanted more, but you end up, you know, consenting to some sexual favor or some type of financial gain or access to something, you know, you gave them what they wanted. So now they don't have any use for you anymore. And then they fall off. And then you don't get the good morning text anymore. You don't get the likes and emojis and the the admiration that you were used to because you, in a way, fell into this person's trap. You know, rather this person was completely upfront and honest with what their intentions were for you or they weren't, which most times they're not. Most times they're not upfront and honest with their intentions. You know, a lot of times there is smoke and mirrors. So for the people who are not the ones being the pursuer, like these are the people that are being pursued, it's so easy to be conditioned um, when you're waiting for the other ball to drop. Because you're like, uh, here's another one, you know, here's all these good morning texts, you know, the the WID text, which I fucking hate. Because what you mean, what am I doing? I'm working. <laughs> you know, but we're so used to this flawed ass practice that we adopt somewhat of a flawed ass practice ourselves. And being someone who is used to being pursued, I've been guilty of that. I have. I have because, you know, I got so used to guys just wanting sex. You know, I got used to guys giving the the introduction and representation of a stand-up guy who wants something more, right? You know, he compliments you, oh, I like your energy oh, you know, you're this, you're great, you're this, net. I've been watching you, I've been listening, I've heard all the things. And I just, I got so used to the, like I say, the good morning text and all that stuff or whatever. And, you know, if you do happen to give that person
1: what they want, then you find out, ah, I got you. So I gave you what you wanted,
0: now I'm not getting all of the the tens. I'm not getting all the good morning texts and the the good afternoons and the the what you doing texts and you know the likes and emojis and the all that
1: shit. I'm not getting that anymore. Because I gave you what you wanted. You were on the hunt. So with that, I feel like the mirroring, it's It's probably, I don't know if I would say it's a coping mechanism or something, but it's, it's a, a way of
0: keeping some type of boundary, some type of wall up in a way, keeping your hands to the front as you're approaching someone, you know, because it's kind of like you're waiting for the impact. So it's like, okay, well. Like I said before, oh, I'll give you what you give me until you don't give me that anymore. And then I don't give you
1: that anymore. You know, so for me, that was that has been something that
0: I was guilty of in a dating experience before, even most recently, you know, uh, what last year or so. Guy, I've talked about him before, whatever great guy and stuff, but it was given the whole mirror situation. And when I actually sat down and really thought about it, the only reason why I, and I can't speak for everyone else, why you're your why to why you mirror, but when I thought about it, I was like, the reason
1: why I was, I guess the preset was to mirror. And the only reason why was because I didn't really believe him. You know, I was interested
0: in him and stuff, but I just felt that he was like really good with his words and stuff. And he was very complimentary and stuff. And I'm pretty sure like that was true and genuine, but I just didn't feel as if there was any legitimacy behind his, his words. Cause the actions,
1: they were inconsistent with the words and stuff. And it just kind of felt like a, just, you know, praise without work. So I didn't believe him. And that's what I had to sit down and
0: realize, like, why did I do that? It's like, oh, well you did that. Like you naturally defaulted to that because you didn't believe him.
1: So then that goes to, like, okay, well, hmm, do you continue to pursue someone that you don't believe? Do you continue to uh, be
0: pursued by someone that you don't believe? And it's, it's understandable that, you know, some people have to feel as if their trust is is, you know, an award because it is like trust. You can't, you definitely can't give away trust. Um, you can't give away that at all. That's another thing that, you know, I've learned in previous relationships and dating experiences is that commitment and trust should not be given away so freely. Like, sure, like people have to work for that. You know, we have to work for their trust and for their commitment too but
1: we can't be so easy to give that away you know but modeling you know modeling is when
0: it's more in my opinion the more um it's the more mature way it's the more intentional way you are taking action When you're modeling because rather you're the pursuer or being pursued you have an initial attraction at least right and if you want and if you not only want but you desire partnership or you partner companionship or something like that i guess that should be enough right You know, to model is to set the example. So rather you pursue me first, I think that you are attractive. I do want partnership. I do want companionship. I do want a relationship at some point down the line. And I aspire to be married and to be a father to amazing children one day, right? So even though you're pursuing me, I do have some interest in you. Like I, I do have an attraction to you It's mutual, the attraction on a surface level. So let me model how I would prefer for my relationships to go. Let me set the tone. Let me set the example of, you know, FaceTime's being okay. Because a lot of times, you know, when communication comes up, people don't know how to communicate yet. You know, they don't know if you're a texer, if you like talking on the phone, if you like FaceTime, you know, they don't know if you like to spend time together in person. They don't know until they know, but you know what you like. So if you are going to model the type of relationship that you want, then here it is. It comes back to me like, hey, I'm okay with FaceTime. So, just in case you like FaceTime and you don't know if you can FaceTime me, let me show you by FaceTiming you that, okay, it's cool. Kenny likes FaceTiming. You know, if you're questioning, like, you know, if spending time together is too much or how often that is or whatever, let me make the example and set the tone of, Set an intention at least to spend quality time in person with you, so now
1: you know, oh, Kenny likes to spend time with me in person, you know,
0: and even with communication, you know just like transparency and honesty and and really talking about like your intentions for yourself and for your potential partner, you know, it gives this other person somewhat of an outline of like how to approach you and how to deal with you. And then hopefully they can reciprocate that.
1: So modeling, I feel like that is the way to go, you know? So I know for me though, it's,
0: you know it's it's difficult cuz a lot of times like i say it's it's hard to come out of that mindset when you're like oh well i know what i want i know what i say that i want and stuff but you know this person is coming at me and they you know are giving me all these different words of affirmation and all these praises and stuff you know sure there are people who love bomb those are things that you look out for of course you know but i feel like at least you can say If this person was, you know, if their intentions were to just have sex or just to have sex, or if their intentions are for romance and potential partnership, then you'll find that out. But it's most likely best to model within these these dynamics when we're courting and everything like that. And also just the fact that, you know, being gay and being, for me, being a, a, a gay top, you know, we still are a little bit hunted by heteronormative practices, right? You know, the dominant has to be the pursuer and the the submissive has to be the the pursued. Like, no, you know, I know that my community still struggles with that. So I do understand that, you know, me being a top and me being the more dominant in the relationship or the more dominant in the bedroom or something, right? I know that I most likely will have to be the one doing the modeling, but I don't want to always be the one setting a tone and coming up with the ideas and everything like that. Like I do want my man who is another man, right? I want him to also bring some of that too and bring some of that, that initiative to, you know, set his particular tone and stuff. You know, I feel like this is just the way to go. Um, again, rather he reached out to me or pursued me first, if I'm interested, you know, if I'm attracted, I can at least now go to bed comfortably knowing no matter how
1: it went, you know, that, you know, I model, I was a model, I was a supermodel darling, you know, and that's the thing, like, with this courtship thing,
0: like, it doesn't always work out. It it does not always work out. What we do usually hope for is that both parties are mature enough to have a conversation. I think, you know, that's a nice approach. We usually are never awarded that that courtesy. You know, like I say with the guy from New Orleans,
1: complete ghost, complete just Casper, you know. And it's funny because it's like for those two weeks or two and a half weeks, however long it was, people praise. You, they praise themselves,
0: they say what they like, what they don't like, and they actually sometimes
1: turn out to be the person that they said that they didn't like. And that's what this guy was. So it's just like, oh, okay, well, we're taking the cowardly way out. We're going ghost. Okay. That's fine. We can do that. And the thing is, what I had to realize with
0: with the practices of different people, similar
1: scenarios, is the fact that I struggle with accepting the things as black and white these dating
0: experiences, these courtships, these relationships have shown early on. Like I say, that facade, that representative usually strips away, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months in, and then you start to see the person for who they really are. And like I said, for me, It was so difficult in accepting the fact that what that person did, if that person went ghost, if that person shut down or was not a communicator, or uh, if that person was inconsiderate, what I had to learn and what I'm still learning is that those are my deal breakers.
1: And those things, when they show up, sure, talk about it. Because for me, I think that everyone is awarded at
0: least one chance. Because you're getting to know people. We're getting to know them. There's going to definitely be things that I could potentially say or do that rubs you the wrong way. And I want you to be able to communicate that to me. Right then and there, do not sit on it. Let me know in a constructive way with care, with some sugar, of course, you know, because I'm going to do that for you. But there's going to be things that we're going to do that will piss us off or rub us the wrong way. But are we going to communicate and talk about it right then and there and nip it in the bud and both parties adjust in a positive way? a constructive way, and move forward, period. And that's just building relationships, friendships, relationships, everything. We just
1: don't know until we know. So when certain things do present themselves as potential red flags
0: or things that you're like, eh, I don't, I didn't really like how you said that or whatever, you know, or like I say, if it's an actual deal breaker, talk about it. But that's just me. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to be the person to recognize the deal breaker right then and there and just cut you off and go ghost. I'm not going to do that. Because nine times out of ten, did we talk about, you know, the things that we like and the things that we don't like when building relationships? Sure, we definitely did. Because I know I know that's important
1: for me. And did you potentially make a mistake that, you know, hopefully could be remedied? Sure. And we can talk about it. But when it happens again, for me, a best practice at this point now is <sighs> you got to you and it sucks because this is not how i'm wired
0: i'm literally having a moment like it really sucks because it's just not how i'm wired but it's something that i have to adopt because time after time after time again this person's going to continue to do the thing if they're, if they go ghost when they're going through things, if they shut you out, they shut everything down, you know, they are liars or they're inconsiderate or uh, they don't have, you know, a, a high sex drive or whatever. Like I'm just throwing out things, the things that, you know, are deal for me at least. Um, you know, if they're lazy, like the list can go on, whatever your relationship icks and deal breakers are right that person
1: do it once again y'all talked about it before they something happened you talk about it okay y'all move forward a couple days go by maybe a week or two or i don't know but it happens again don't stick around to talk about it again there's no more conversations. The last conversation at that point is like, look, we talked about this, we had a situation, we moved where I thought we moved forward, you did it again. Clearly, this is who you are and I'm not gonna fight you on it. I'm not going to stay around
0: being the the toxic optimistic kenny that i was before
1: i have to now make the adult decision that this is best that we just cut this off you know cut our, cut
0: our losses right here you know hopefully there's no bad blood
1: but we are not compatible period because that has been a major issue. I've been too forgiving. I've been too forgiving. I've been too hopeful. You know. And it really sucks because for me, I don't I
0: don't know about you guys, but for me it's like it took so long for me to become uh, I guess this person, it, I guess for me, it, it's like, okay, I've invested however much time in this person. I have shared things with this person. We have connected, you know, physically, we've connected mentally, most likely emotionally as well. And now, and, you know, this person has, way for it, the potential. This person has the potential. I can see the potential in this person. They have all of these things that look good on paper for me, for for my partner, for what my partner looks like,
1: but they're missing two major factors that would make
0: our relationship run smoothly from my side. Because, you know, hopefully, again, you're providing the same for them, right? But they're missing it, and they're continuing to bring it, you know, up to the forefront, and it's continuing to be a letdown. It's it's a disappointment. You're having the conversations now. You've talked so many times,
1: and it's just something that continues. It comes up every now and again. But that's just the fact that, hey, knock, knock, knock.
0: Looks like you need to accept them as the fact that just this is who they are. And like I said before, in so many of my relationships, I was so fucking guilty
1: in hoping that, you know, with very careful wording, With a very thorough conversation, with, you know,
0: I guess examples through physicality and emotionally and verbally, and me modeling respect, me modeling communication, me modeling consideration, that that would be enough for that person who I've now become invested in, that I've now started to care for or now have fallen in love with or something right
1: i was hoping that me modeling all of the things that that would be enough and the reality is that i had a
0: problem and am still working on the fact that i have to say a I told you before, which was somewhat
1: of a warning. You did it. We talked about it. You did it again. Okay. I just have to now accept that. Look, the last conversation that we will have is, Hey, I like you. I care about you or I love you, whatever the the fuck this just isn't working. Like you're, we're not compatible no amount of time is going to make that person
0: consider you or respect you more. No amount of time is going to make that person have a higher sex drive most times. No amount of time is going to have that person not be a liar. Or
1: no amount of time is going to not have that person avoid, you know, because so many people go
0: into this, their defense mechanism is to shut down and avoid and close out
1: you and everybody else. They're not going to get better unless they want to get better.
0: So you sticking around this relationship, talking about it, things going smoothly for a little bit, then it happened again. Now, now it's another conversation. No, 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 no.
1: Let them do that work with their with their counselors, with their therapists, with their psychiatrists, you know, with their thought leaders or worship leaders. Let them do that amongst themselves. You sticking this relationship
0: is going to continue to disappoint and let you down
1: because you are not accepting the fact that y'all not compatible. <laughs> And then we get this sense of FOMO of, oh my gosh, you know,
0: say, for example, you do shut things down in a respectful way, hopefully,
1: but you do shut things down and you see your ex or your dating
0: experience person, you know, that they've moved on. And you get this sense of FOMO and this. This hurt because you're like sworn with all these ideas and thoughts. Like, oh my God,
1: this person is giving this new person commitment. This, this,
0: my ex is giving this person commitment. They're, oh my God, they're giving them the sex that they weren't giving me. They're they're giving them the honesty that they weren't giving me. They're giving them the vulnerability that they weren't giving me. It's so easy to fall down that wormhole.
1: And that's a whole extra piece of hurt, right? And the fact is, what I had to realize is that you nine times out of 10 are first off overthinking (laughs)
0: you're experiencing loss which is understandable but you're overthinking and nine times out of 10 that person has not changed (laughs) that person is actually giving that new person the same amount of stress that they gave you so that other person that new person is not getting a better version of your ex 9 times out of 10 now that 1% I do truly believe now y'all could tell me this if y'all agree or disagree that 1% if your ex happens to move on to a new person
1: and is successful at least First off, don't get too consumed and worrying about that, which is hard, but
0: it takes practice. Okay, it takes practice. But that 1% is just the fact that, hey, maybe your ex found this new person and is working out because it is a compatibility thing. And that ex and that new person are actually compatible. So ding, ding, ding. Listen to this. Let's not get so consumed with the fact that they are now in a healthy relationship after you. After your unhealthy relationship, they're now in a healthy relationship because they found somebody they're actually compatible with. So listen to this, right? What I had to realize this is. That's actually OK. Don't get too stressed out about that, because remember if they were inconsiderate if they were someone who was avoiding if they were someone who had a low sex drive it didn't work out for you that was a deal breaker for you which is why y'all are not together y'all were incompatible so let them have the person they're compatible with so don't get so stressed out and heartbroken in the fact that your ex has moved on to someone new because you had to accept the fact that y'all weren't compatible and guess what you don't want what the fuck they giving out anyways or what they not giving <laughs> so maybe that new person has a low sex drive maybe that new person has you know the patience and doesn't care about the fact
1: that they shut down and shut people out Like, like, look at it like that. So that has been, like I said,
0: that was my awakening into all of this. It's just realizing that I had a problem accepting shit for what the fuck it was and accepting the fact that
1: I needed to let things go after the second time, not after the third or fourth time, you know, I've,
0: I've been guilty of, of again, being hopeful because the thing is people do change. People are capable of changing. You know, when you think about yourself, have you changed? Have you gone to therapy? Have you Listen to some of your favorite thought leaders who are positive and and constructive and, you know, not problematic. Like, have you changed? Okay, sure. If you know that you have changed for the better, you have to give grace to the fact that people can change,
1: but they change when they want to. They change on their time, not for you. And sometimes,
0: There will be times where we may have to release people
1: and move our, you know, move on. And maybe y'all will find each other again. Maybe you, you find each other again and you're
0: a better person. They're a better person. And now you can have that
1: history that you guys have built, you know? And y'all can actually have a healthy relationship. So that's
0: That is possible. But, you know, for me, like I said, I know I've been guilty with the fact that, you know, being toxically optimistic and hopeful. And knowing that, you know, people are capable of changing. I've had to. Slap myself up in the forehead, like, hey, (laughs) you've made a mistake, you know, letting someone back in, and that person showed you that they have not changed. You know, there are some changes, but that person has now
1: shown you that they are probably worse than what they were in the past. You know? That person has now shown you that they are a cancer, that they are poisonous to you. So now it's like, okay, you've given chance after chance after chance. This person's clearly not going to get better. Or they're going to
0: continue to just treat you however they treat you because you have allow them to rectify the issue and make the mistake again and rectify the issue and make the mistake again after conversation, after conversation. And they've shown you that they don't consider you. They've shown you that they are, you know,
1: a coward, that they are a ghost, that they are immature and what some people would say, you know, bitch made. And you don't want no bitch-made-ass nigga.
0: You don't want somebody who's going to run away. You don't want somebody who's going to shut down and shut you out. You don't want somebody who
1: doesn't consider or respect you. You don't want that. You want somebody who works with you as you work with them. You want somebody who gives you grace as
0: you give them grace. You want somebody who... Is willing to choose you as you choose them. Whatever obstacles you guys talk about, y'all work through. Y'all are honest and, and upfront and
1: forthcoming with each other. You know, you're their safe space, they're your safe space. Like that's the type of person that you want. And letting in a poisonous individual it's it's just not going to get better and you have to
0: now accept that that person is who they are and they need to just continue causing whatever pain to other people if that's what they do or what that's that's on them that's not on you no more
1: so acceptance has been my biggest obstacle. Period. Acceptance. So when somebody shows you that they don't wanna
0: be in your life, when somebody shows you that they
1: can do just fine without you in their life, accept it for what it is. And move along, move along. There's no conversation after that.
0: There doesn't need to be any conversation because they didn't offer you. They didn't they didn't give you that. So it's no need to send them a long text or a call or, you know. Trying to meet up with them and have this conversation and stuff. They didn't want a conversation, which is why they
1: didn't have one in the first place no response is a response and baby that shit sucks again that has been so difficult for me
0: to accept that no response is a response and that that person does not consider you they do not care
1: about you so y'all keep your keep your paragraphs Keep the over-explanation
0: when they try to come back and say, oh, well, why did you not do it?"
1: You know why I didn't. You chose your way of doing things, and I
0: see you for who you are, and I accept you for
1: who you are, and we are not compatible, and I accept that. Move along to somebody else for you and for them so that's why i say am i the problem play i played the part i played the part too many chances too hopeful couldn't accept shit for what it was too hopeful that you know time would make shit better and it did not because again I didn't accept them for who they were, truly. So, think about that. I want you all to send me some feedback.
0: If you agree, if you disagree, let me know what your stories have been. Y'all know how much we love that over here at Nude Radio. And yes, remember to. Like, follow, and subscribe to our Instagram and Twitter slash X at new radio one zero one. Make sure to subscribe to new radio streaming on all platforms where you can hear podcasts, share it with your friends, post it, send me your feedback. I really want to hear, especially about this topic like this, this topic. I want to know what y'all think. And I want to know, I want to hear y'all stories. And I'll talk about them maybe on the next episode. So who knows? But I love you guys
1: so much. Have a great week. Bye.